0: And subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers and the best part it's all free just for you this podcast is episode number 258 and it will be about construction company field versus office profit and growth strategy now if you've been in construction for any length of time and that would be 10 minutes sufficient then you know that there's kind of this, I don't know what to call it, a, a field versus office battle that just sort of rages all the time. And I want to shed some light and some insights and, and hopefully give you some aha moments on why it is and, and what you can do about it and what the real problem is. And more importantly, what's it costing you? So let me ask you few start with a few questions Where did the insurrection between office and field start? Do you wonder why some construction contractors have an ongoing rebellions between the two subgroups, office and field, and yet other contractors don't? Better yet, what can you as a contractor do about it and why should you care? I'll give you the short answer. Friction costs you time and money. So I want you to start by visualizing what 10 minutes of waste a day can cost your bottom line. Now for the office staff it's actually pretty simple. I'm going to give you a real simple metric you can use. Take the hourly wage you're paying your office staff and multiply by 1.75 and it'll give you a rough estimation of the expense of having an office staff person. So if you start with the hourly wage plus the payroll taxes plus the overhead. So for example if a part-time office person is earning $15 an hour eh, working 10 hours a week Okay, not a whole lot. Well, with payroll taxes and overhead, that can cost you roughly $25.86 an hour. Yes, you heard me right. You thought you're paying 15 bucks an hour. By the time you get all the overhead and taxes and cost, it's about $25.86 an hour, or 43 cents a minute. Now, if you wanna see how this actually works, uh, go to the podcast that is related to this, I'm sorry, go to the blog that's related to this podcast. And, and the blog is actually called, guess what? Uh, the Obvious Versus Field Conflict. And you can uh, see it there for yourself. There's a whole bunch of calculations in that that, pod, that blog you can see on our website at www.fasteasykind.com. It's forward slash blog. And the blog you're looking for is Construction Company Field versus Office Profit and Growth Strategy. And it's it's published, as you know, it's it's been published on March 2nd of 2018, and it came out at 5 o'clock in the morning um, Pacific Standard Time. I got all the calculations here, just kind of run through them really quickly. So that person is costing $20.85 an hour or 43 cents a minute. If they're wasting 10 minutes a day on a 10 hour day over the course of a year, it's costing you roughly $1,120.56, or let's just say $1,100. Now, if you're a contractor and you're so lucky to make a 10% profit, you're gonna to need to sell an extra $11,205.60 to make up for the loss if you're on 10% profit margin. If you're in a thinner margin, just keep multiplying until it gets up higher and higher. I want to give you the the quick numbers. So I have a calculation here, it came from an Excel sheet. It says $15 an hour, 10 hours a, um, a week. So your direct cost is what 15 bucks an hour. But then you get to that indirect monthly cost. So this calculation says monthly health insurance, zero, the nada. But you still have to pay the payroll taxes, which is the FICA and the FUTA and the Medicare. So the FICA is going to run about 93 cents an hour, the FUTA is 12 cents an hour. Medicare is about 22 cents an hour and you got some workers compensation in there of some sort I would say 10 cents an hour there could be some employment security unemployment that sort of thing that's about 45 cents an hour office supplies equipment purchases and repairs if you have a staff person in your office you're gonna spend at least minimum $100 a month on office supplies equipment purchases and repairs Uh, if you'd like us it's about five times that much but let me just say, and that's about—it's going to add two dollars and thirty-one cents an hour. Now, I'm going to say you're a contractor. I make it really simple. I'm saying you're only you're only charged at seventy-five dollars an hour for your customers uh, doing your work. So, if you spend a mere two hours a month training, man- managing, and answering your office procedure questions of your in-house bookkeeper or your office staff, well, that's three dollars and forty-six cents an hour on top of that. And here's the the other big one. This is called a hidden cost because there's a cost of chaos. The rework, the penalties, the interest, the late fees, and the other cost that you pay because somebody didn't do something correct in the office. So at a hundred bucks a month, it's going to cost you about $2.31. Now, we take that $15 direct cost, the indirect cost of $9.90, and then we add on the indirect cost annual because let's say you had either a year in bonus that you paid or you had some repairs to the QuickBooks file. I'm being kind of uh, conservative here and I'm saying it's 500 bucks a year, which is very conservative. And they're 96 cents. So let's do the math on this, $15. Indirect monthly cost, $9.90. Indirect annual cost, 96 cents. So that office labor really cost you $25.86. OK, so let's look at it just a little bit differently, if we could. And we want to see what the story is when we find out that. Um, what's that person costing you? And you know what, what is some waste involved there? Well, it really boils down to about, oh, 43 cents a minute. What I said a while ago was that, um, what was that, like, uh, uh, now I forget, darn it all, about 11000 a year. So that's that's the big thing, okay? Now let's talk briefly about the field employee. If your field employee multiplied their hourly wage by roughly 1.42, it's a little less because field employees get paid a lot more, generally speaking. So get a rough estimation of what it's going to cost your company in terms of hourly wages, payroll taxes, and overhead. I'm going to say, for example, your field worker, you pay them 25 bucks an hour. So add up the payroll taxes, the overhead taxes, and the other costs, and you're shelling out about $35.64 an hour, or roughly $0.59 cents a minute. So don't talk to them too long, because you talk to them for 10 minutes. You just let go of about 6 bucks. Um, in this case, 10 minutes a day is going to cost about $1,544.42. So if you're making a 10% profit, which is unusual in construction, It's not bad. I've seen much better and I've seen much worse. For this example, 10% profit, you're going to need to sell and install $15,444.20 more in sales to make up for a loss of 10 minutes a day. Okay? Now, it depends what you pay your employee. The more you pay them, the more the, the loss costs you. Okay? Let's go forward. We've all heard this. Perception is reality everyone has a conviction of how reality is, about what is reality. Yet not everyone is mature enough to appreciate a randalism, and I quote, we live in a world of what is, not what should be. And you can find all my randalisms at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash, you got it, randalisms. Now, this is the elemental reason of misunderstandings which leads to massive declines in productivity, steep deteriorations in cash flow and profits. And there's, a, I believe the gentleman's name, if I recall correctly, was Peter Drucker, uh, maybe somebody else, but somebody said it, uh, what gets measured gets managed. Fine and stop the cash flow leaks and profit drains by walking a mile in the shoes of both your office staff and field workers, okay? You're the owner, you're the contractor, you're the, the, the C level person. Okay? I hate to say this, but you've got to be the big person. And goodness knows I hate that with a passion. I really do. That's just how it is. Okay? So, management of walk around, that actually came from um, a, a book a long time ago. Um, I forget who the author was. It was called In Search of Excellence, and it was a really great book. So, that's what this concept comes from. Spend time in your office and become someone's assistant. I tell you what, I've been in this business for many decades, and every so often I go to one of my staff offices and I sort of help. I'm their assistant. It's harder than blank, but I keep my mouth shut, my eyes open, and I take notes. Observe how they accomplish their work and understand what they do and why they do it. Again, keep your mouth shut, you're there to observe and make notes. Okay, and if you disrupt them, and say, that's not the way I would've done it. And I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. That's called zap management. You know, they'll do something, zap. That was a boo-boo, zap. You're an idiot, zap. Don't make decisions, zap. zap. Become brain dead, zap. Don't do anything without the boss's approval. And that'll kill your business real fast. Just, just watch, observe, make notes. Make notes of the number of steps required to process payroll. Just that one thing, it'll amaze you. If your construction company does job costing, that adds several steps to preparing payroll and even more steps when entering the receipts, the bills, the invoices, the purchase orders, the cash payments and checks. I know because we do construction accounting for a lot of contractors all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii. Oftentimes your office staff is working with misinformation. I cannot stress that enough. We have that problem here all the time. A receipt comes in without a job name or an address, or any clue what job it goes to. A bank statement sometimes only shows the day the check cleared, the check number, the amount without any information regarding who it went to, why, or a job name. Now the office staff believes that the field workers are lazy and incompetent. The field workers believe the office staff is too nosy and wasting field workers time. And guess what? They're both right okay because they have a perception and it's kind of funny when you st- when you work with your office staff you understand what their their concept is a lot of office staff uh believes that they they're working in a mushroom factory they're kept in the dark and they're fed uh, fertilizer Let to go at that so that's what the two things uh, the two groups are thinking so many times the field workers will bring in receipts material or fuel for meds or something else they paid for personally to the office, hand it off to the bookkeeper, hand it off to the office manager, anybody and expect to get reimbursed immediately. Isn't that special? Most of the time the paperwork doesn't have a job name or any authorization from you or any management team and the office staff is reluctant to just pay it because let's go to brass tacks. Once you give out money it's not easy. It's almost impossible to get it back. Okay. Now what happens in the field worker's mind is, hey, they start to the think and judge the office staff as trying to cheat them. Or at the minimum they're playing power tripping games. And that really gets them hot and bothered. Because look at it from the field worker's point of view. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this over the years from a lot of contractors. This goes back over you know five decades. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna open my own business. And the paperwork only takes like, you know what, 10 minutes a day at the most? Famous last words. Because after a period of time, usually a year or two at the latest, they've rent their credit cards. They've got HELOCs, which is Home Equity Line of Credit. And their house gets foreclosed on. They've wasted all their savings, all their retirement. Everything's gone. Well, let me tell you, that's why we call this the Contractor Success MAP podcast, because M stands for marketing, most important thing. A stands for accounting, B stands for production. Too often contractors are in love with Pam. They'll focus on the production first. Hey, I got a couple jobs, I'm gonna go do them. That's where the money's at. And they won't deal with the accounting until they get in trouble, either with taxes or bank or out of money. And then they won't even think about marketing until they're about ready to go out of business. So their concept is, the field worker's concept is that bookkeeping, you know, what, 10 minutes a day or a week? You know, it doesn't, how long does it take to push a few keys to the keyboard? Uh-huh. So that's the problem. And you're thinking that the office staff is just trying to cheat him or play power tripping games. Now, let's talk about the reimbursement's hidden cost. If a field worker does not get instant action, they will wantonly expend 10 to 15 minutes trying to get that payment made. And if your field worker is costing you $5.59 uh, a minute, then you just paid five to nine, $5.90 to $8.85 for their time. Plus, you paid $4.30 to $60, $6.45 for your office staff. So. Just that little reimbursement problem costs you between 10 and $15. Okay, is it starting to come clear now why some kind, con, two contractors can have the exact same size of business to the, the similar type work, roofing, drywall, plumbing, electrical, it doesn't matter, and similar customers and everything. And one contractor will make a fortune. Yes, I did, thank you. And other contractors, after a few years are flat broke. You want to know the big difference? Early to bed, early to rise. Know your numbers and advertise. Remember back when I was a kid in the Seattle area, we have a kind of was called a lake in the Seattle area called Green Lake. And it's really neat because it's got a little bike path around and everything. And I lived on Queen Anne, and I used to ride my bike when I was a kid from Queen Anne to the Green Lake. And this is way back the dinosaurs roamed the earth. It was in, in the early '60s. In any event, one day I thought, shoot, I fell over a few times because uh, you know being a kid, and I go to the, the local bag store. It's called Greg's Cycle. I tell the guy, hey, I want to buy you a helmet, you know, because I keep falling over and want to bang my head. And he says, okay, well, we got several helmets here. And at the time they're like you know, 25, 30, 40 bucks. That was in the '60s. That's a lot of money. I said, well, do you have a cheap helmet? He looked me right square in the eye and I said, why certainly, if you have a $10 head, buy a $10 helmet. Yes, I walked out of here with the most expensive helmet I could afford, it was like 40, 45 bucks. But uh, I was kind of upset about it, but I thought, you know, what the heck? And I, I fell off a couple times and the helmet got scratched, uh, scratched, uh, scraped and scratched and whatnot. But you know what? My head didn't suffer. Best 40 bucks I ever spent. And that's kind of where my thoughts are these days and you know, going forward, you know, buy the best, cry once, don't buy the cheap stuff and cry one over and over. Just understand that that reimbursement that they're trying to get, is between 10, 15 bucks. Okay, what's the answer? Have a policy in place, receipts are turned in, and you reimburse on payroll once a week, once every week. You give them a reimbursement, it's that simple. Just put a process in place. It's all about becoming process dependent, not people dependent. But understand too that office workers are already overloaded. And if you don't think that's true, um, go watch them, go work with them a little bit. You'd be amazed at how much they do. And these interruptions increase their annoyance and strain to a new level, which causes them to lash out the field worker. And there it begins. The battle between field workers and office staff the office workers are busy, they're jammed up, they got a lot they got to get done, they have uh, you know, t- tax deadlines, get the money in the bank, get invoices out, um, prepare all the cost reports. And so that's what's on their mind. They've got a lot of things that are deadline driven. And the, uh, the field worker is saying, well, that's just BS because all you're doing is pushing a few keys. Give me that hard. Next thing I'm going to say is spend time with your field workers and become someone's apprentice. And that's a wonderful thing. I myself in the uh, late 70s, um, served an apprenticeship for plumbing. I became a a master plumber. And let me tell you, it was great. The first year, I didn't know a darn thing. By the second year, I knew everything about plumbing there was to know. In fact, I knew more than my journeyman, who was a complete banana head. Well, guess what? By the fifth year, when I sat for the uh, master plumbing exam, I realized that all of a sudden my journeyman was a pretty sharp dude, and I didn't know squat. After 10 years in plumbing, I began to understand, now I'm getting a handle on it. Okay, such as it is. Life is good, you gotta love it. Become someone's apprentice. Observe how they perform their work and understand what they do and why they do it. And it doesn't matter if you're already a qualified mechanic or journeyman in your trade, watch your field workers you'll learn a lot, and please keep your mouth shut, make notes, because you're gonna use those notes to come back and develop processes, procedures, and that's what's gonna help you uh, eliminate some of this strife between the field and office. Now, the numerous steps required just to mobilize on a job site and get tools, materials, and field workers in place is a process in itself. Most of the time when field workers arrive at the job site, they encounter blockages, blockages from the weather, access to uh, electricity, water, restrooms, maybe toilet access, plans are missing, blueprints are missing. There's always the the whole group of broken tools, you know, bad power cords, that sort of thing, and other tradespeople in the way. Or the other tradespeople haven't done their part of the job, which causes the chain reaction and delays. Okay, process, process, process. Now on top of the other delays and setbacks, the bean counters, the office staff, Expects these field uh, workers to fill out a time card. What? Are you kidding me? Are you yanking my chain? Look, Bob, I don't have time for that nonsense. And that's why we like T sheets or some other electronic device. It's great. That way it it tells you where they are at and what they're doing. They can put the cost codes in. And you don't have to write notes on every piece of paper before handing it to the bean counter or the office staff. And bean counter is just slang for a bookkeeper. Okay? The problem is that the field worker feels like they have to do all the important work and the office staff work too. You see that, what their thinking pattern is? My God, I'm out here doing all the the hard work and all kinds of the the mud, the blood, and the beer and everything else and the blood, sweat, and tears. And that office worker sits there in his climate-controlled environment with carpet and got a restroom right next door, maybe a few snacks. That's the life. You know, money for nothing, chicks for free. This isn't right. It's it's all perception. Just understand that really, office and field are separate but equal, because each skill set requires different working style and different cultures. It is your profession as a contractor to help everyone come together and understand each other's job, and how it fits into the grand scheme of things. Because the office ensures your drawing touching company has a steady flow of projects and develops timely reports to show which ones are profitable so you can pursue more of them that's job probability reports and which ones are not profitable so you can avoid them in the future. Frankly, it's the 80-20 rule for contractor success. To do this, they need to chase after everything and make sure all the paper and everything else has job names on it and Costco, would be great. Now, you may have heard this before and I'm going to be brief on it again. It's called the 80-20 rule and it came from a mathematician by the name of Pareto. And it applies everywhere. It's like a universal rule. The top 20% in this case, the top 20% of your clients generate 80% of your profit. Did you hear me? The top 20% of your clients generate 80% of your profit. It's an easy thing to find, just go to your QuickBooks and and put together a job popularity report, take a look at it, export it to Excel and just do some quick research. You'll see the information right there. However, what we see is 80% of the client contact is with those customers who generated 20% of your profit. I hope this makes sense. It's called the squeaky wheel gets the grease. We tend to pay attention to the people that uh, complain the most. And we're not clear on where the real money is. I'll give you a hint. The real money is in people that don't complain. Those are the ones you take care of. Just because they don't complain doesn't mean they don't need something. Ask them. Anticipate their needs. You want to double, your double, triple, quadruple your net profit. Just reverse that. Spend more time with your profitable customers. And they're called clients, by the way. There's a big difference between a customer and a client. So spend some time with your clients, and not your customers. And customers are people that look for the lowest possible price. And they're bottom feeders. Simple as that. Clients are in the care and protection of a professional. Uh, clients are a lot of fun, and like I said, I've been. We had several construction companies, and we had a lot of clients, and it's amazing. They they always have no problem paying for service, but you better darn well provide that service. So 20% of the construction companies share 80% of the profits. Which means the owners and shareholders use that to support a lavish lifestyle, because they know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Now 80% of the construction companies share the bottom 20%. the profits, which the owners and shareholders use to support just above average or just below average lifestyles. So the fact is, they don't know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. What happens? What do successful contractors do? Well, successful contractors understand how and why the business cycle of construction works. And they stay focused on keeping work moving through the four components. And number one is, this comes from uh, Peter Drucker, that business has one purpose and one purpose only. Acquire customers, I like to use the word clients, and satisfy their needs. Number two, do the project on time or as close as possible and on budget or as close as possible. Number three, this is important. I love opium, other people's money. Get a job deposit before you start and get timely progress payments. For the love of Pete, you're a contractor, not a banker. And I see this a lot with our clients and other people, that they will do a bunch of work, be the hero, be the cowboy. Well, I'm not gonna ask for any money down. I haven't done any work. I might ask for a little deposit and I'll get it all in the end. Okay, that's a recipe for disaster. Next time you go to McDonald's, tell them that uh, I want my Happy Meal and a Coke and uh, maybe a couple of burgers and a dessert and send me a bill, I'll pay you in 30 days. Or just send me an, uh, an invoice and I'll, I'll pay you in a couple of months. No. Follow McDonald's model. The, you put the money in window one, you get the food in window two. Okay, and this isn't just, you know, a great idea, Pine the Sky. I've owned and operated several construction companies, and with a few exceptions, we never had invoices. We always got jaw deposits. And yes, I worked with a lot of uh, new construction contractors and developers. We don't give jaw deposits, you know, we do draws. But we did what we did so well that a number of said, Okay, Randall, I'll give you the deposit up front, we'll do the progress payments, but this is not how I like to do it. And I said, Yeah, I know it's not. But you know what? We're efficient. Our price is right and we're efficient. And we get a lot of work, especially in the service work. You know, we do the work and get paid right away. Okay. I'm not going to hammer on that one, but this is important. I see a lot of contractors will have credit card debt 10 to 20, 30,000 or more. And you're paying, you know, 12 to 18% interest on in the credit card. And they have receivables of that amount or more. So they're borrowing money at 18% and they're loaning it at zero. Why do we go out of business? Well, there you go. Number four, follow up with the customers and clients to monitor satisfaction, line up new projects. That's really key. Follow up, keep in touch, life is good. And I've talked a lot about uh, service contracts and that kind of thing, I won't delve into it now. But the key to getting rid of this war between the office and the field is continuously refining your contracting system. And you need a system that will move you from people-dependent to process-dependent. And the next and final thing I wanna chat with you about, really brief, I hope, is find the right people, okay? It's not that difficult. You can do that. And if you wanna get some real insights on this, I suggest you take a book, look at a book by Jim Collins. He authored a bestseller, Good to Great. You can find it on Amazon, you may find it a used bookstore, but good good degree, it's, it's a fantastic book. And he talks about getting the right people on board. Uh, another of my, my almost most favorite author, and I've read everything this guy's written, I've seen the videos, got the t-shirt, tattooed, sung a song about it, Dr. W. Edward Deming. Okay, He wrote and spoke extensively about the willing worker and demonstrated it with what's called the Red Bead Experiment. I tell you what, if you're ever in a place and you find that somebody is putting on a presentation of the Red Bead Experiment, go. It will absolutely blow you away. I mean, first time I saw that, I'm a project manager of the PMP, and the first time I saw that, I laughed so hard, I, my eyes watered. It is so, so true. What an eye-opener. So if you get a chance to see that, you can go on YouTube and just watch it. It Doesn't matter. It is such an eye-opener and you'll come away with that and you'll find four or five things that you can improve in your business right off the bat. Um, So, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I've been rich, I've been poor. I like rich better. And yeah, my early days in construction, did I do fantastic? No, I've had some phenomenal failures and some spectacular successes. I've had more failures and successes in general. But uh, I sit here talking to you today and, and life is good. Because once you learn how to do it, it, it's wonderful. Now, if you're a DIY type of contractor, let you know that we do offer all of our QuickBooks setup files, of accounts, cost codes. You can find all that for QuickBooks, desktop, QuickBooks online, uh, QuickBooks for Mac, Xero, uh, you can follow that at www.fasteasyaccountingstore.com. So you can hire us or you can go get stuff and do it yourself. Whatever is better for you. I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your contractors' bookkeeping services to us is about more than just doing the bookkeeping. It's about taking a holistic approach to your entire construction company. And we support you as a contractor and as a person. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them, Sherry and I, and we sincerely care about you and your construction company. That's all I have for now. Please do me the honor of coming and reading my podcast where you're listening to it. And feel free to tell me what you liked, did not like, tell us you see it because your feedback is crucial. And I thank you in advance. It's our view here, our opinion, that contractors like you deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives. And this is one more example of how fast, easy accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put money in the bank to operate and grow your construction company. Hey, construction accounting is not rocket science. It is a lot harder than that. And a lot more valuable to people like you, so please stop missing out. If you'd like to learn about what makes construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash CA. And please feel free to call Sherry at 206-361-3950 or you can email her sharie at fasteasyaccounting.com and schedule your No charge, one-hour consultation. You see, public contractors and construction company owners have known about the value of outsourced bookkeeping services and contractor coaching services like ours for a very long time. And now you know about it, too. If you're thinking about outsourcing your contractors' bookkeeping services, you're invited to download a guide to help you find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your particular situation. And you can find it at www.cdc.com fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. Well, thank you very much. I hope you understand. We really do care about you and all contractors, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now. Until our next episode here on the Contractor Success Map podcast, where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow.